Let the church say amen. What a joy it is to know he really loves us. I say he really loves us. And we're so glad to be in the house of the Lord today as we celebrate this sunrise service, thinking about what Jesus did for us. It ought to do something for you. Amen. The Apostle Paul was writing to the Christians in Colossians. And he was writing to a group of people who were struggling after being infiltrated with basically a bunch of nonsense. Into the church had crept a theory of Gnosticism that taught that all matter was evil and that man had attained some higher knowledge and that only getting that knowledge would allow man to communicate with God. They taught that Jesus could not be God because he was matter and all matter was evil. So therefore Christ was on the body of Jesus but left the body of Jesus. So there's no way that Jesus' body actually got up out of the grave. This theory of Gnosticism taught that because this knowledge was, was so high that God in order to communicate with man had to create angelic beings and this succession would go so far down that finally it would be on man's level because the level of God was so high that man could never attain. Spiritual perfection and, and learning how man himself could achieve excellence outside of God was the drive of this theory. So much and so bad that they taught in order to walk with God, you had to keep strict diets and live according to rigid rules and guidelines just to try to communicate with God. Others went the other extreme and said, since all matters evil, you might as well just live as wickedly as you want to because it isn't going to change anything anyway. It attacked Christ, denied the fact that God came to earth, said that Jesus wasn't the Son of God. Focusing on meditation and mysticism and the religions that you and I would recognize today as Christian science, yoga, Jehovah's Witnesses, all of the religions that say man has to get to God by knowing more. So Paul picked up his pen and wrote a letter to these folks, confused, Steeped in tradition, messed up. Their minds were all over the place because man was doing what he'd been trying to do ever since the Tower of Babel. Build his way to God on his own. Paul came writing a letter and saying, no matter how hard you try, you can't get to God. The gap's too big and ain't nothing in you that's going to get you to him. But God made a way. I said God made a way. God made a way so that his sinless person could communicate with our sinful souls. Although Gnosticism attacked Christ and said he wasn't the son of God, Paul wrote about an incarnation. He said, no man can't get to God, but God came down to man. Gnosticism says God is so far of us, far away from us, and man can never achieve us. 
Paul said to the church at Colossae, no, 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 Jesus Christ came to earth and God's not far from us. God is with us. Jesus' death settled the sin question, defeated sin, defeated Satan, defeated separation. Jesus is not far from us. Jesus is near with us. Mysticism and Christian science and yoga and all matter is evil and demons are threatening us. No, no, no. God is near. God has made all things good. God has defeated darkness. God has changed our outside by fixing our inside. God will make us believe right so we can ultimately behave right. Colossians is a lot similar to Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians writes about us being in Christ. By the way, the best place for man to be is in Christ. <laughs> when you're in Christ, we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul said in, Corinthian, in, in Ephesians. The moment we get saved, we get seated in heavenly places. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. We're not only going to heaven, our citizenship is already in heaven. But Colossians, on the contrary, doesn't highlight us being seated in heaven. Colossians highlights that we're walking on earth. We're seated in heaven in Ephesians, but in Colossians, we're on earth and Christ is in heaven, making sure that until we get to heaven, we can live like we're going there. Here's Ephesians. We're in Christ. Here's Colossians. Christ is in us. Ephesians focuses on the, the resurrection, the past event for the Christian. Colossians focuses on the resurrection, the practical evidence for the Christian. Ephesians reminds us, reminds us that Christ has risen from the dead. But Colossians reminds us that we too have risen with Christ. Stand with me, would you, as we read Colossians chapter 3. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For the which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime. When ye lived in them, but now, somebody say, but now. Ye also put off all these. I said, all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing ye have, ye have, I say, ye have. Put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. Ye have, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free. But Christ, 
is all and in all. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Help me to be a blessing. Use the Bible as you have time and time again and draw us closer to you. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All over the world today, people are wearing new outfits. Some are donning the church drawers who otherwise never will. People will crowd the restaurants and the sales will soar high as people will purchase candy and all kinds of items to celebrate what Easter is all about. The, the kids will miss school and, and spring break will exist in people's lives all over this world. Listen to me. I'm saying people are benefiting from Easter and don't even know what it means. We look back at the resurrection of Christ and we, we study the history of what Christ did and what Christ saw and what others witnessed Christ be for them and for us. Truth be told, you can travel thousands of miles to Jerusalem and you can go to the place where Jesus' body lay. You can look there. You can clearly see there is no body. There is no remnant of the body. There are no bones there. There is no evidence of a body that is there. Why? Because he's not there. He's not. He's alive. We celebrate the resurrection not only on Easter. We celebrate it every Sunday. I'm glad I serve a risen Savior. Every once in a while I'll see people that are wearing a cross on their neck with Jesus on the cross. And listen to me. Why would you wear a cross with him on, the, on there? He's not on the cross anymore. He was there. Aren't you glad he died? Somebody say amen. Wounded for us. Aren't you glad that he gave his body, that he laid down his life for us as friends? Aren't you glad that his pure, precious, red, crimson blood flowed from his body? body as a payment for our sins. Aren't you glad it was enough for the payment for the sins of mankind? Past, present, and future sins were all forgiven in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God as he held up there on that cross, crying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why? Because he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Corinthians says God made him to be sin. That means Jesus did not just pay for murder, pay for rape, pray for violence, pay for violence, pay for robbery, pay for lying, pay for impurity. He became a murderer. He became a rapist. He became a liar. He became a whoremonger. All for you and me after being beaten and bruised, belittled and brutalized beyond recognition of a human being, Isaiah says, he was stripped off that cross, having given up the ghost. Listen to him as he says, it is finished. Te telestai. It is in the Greek. Literally means I'm done. I'm finished. It's over. And by the way, he wasn't saying he's done as a person. He says, I'm done with the work needed to save them. He gave up the ghost. They put him in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, he rose again. Somebody give God the praise this morning that he didn't stay in the grave. 
He conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered the devil. He proved that he told the truth. He said to the disciples, I have power to lay down my body. I have power to take it up again. You may destroy me, but I will rise again. And when he rose again, and when those angels sat on that stone, as they were looking for that body, and he, the angels said to them, why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen as he said. They wanted them to know that this Jesus was not just any man. Nobody can go down and get back up on their own. Nobody can get treated like that and get back up on their own. Nobody can come and die for the sins of mankind because every other man is a sinner just like every other man. But this man was the only man who was God and man at the same time laying down his life for the sins of mankind. Ladies and gentlemen, as we sit here in 2023 and look back nearly two, over 2,000 years ago to what happened on the cross, may all of us celebrate the historic event that Jesus did get up out the grave. He died to pay for our sins. He rose again to justify us. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. One writer said when he died, he wrote the check for our salvation. And when he rose again, the check cleared the bank. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Now here's my question. If what happened nearly 2,000 years ago was real, then explain to me how that Jesus got up out of that grave, ascended into heaven where he ever makes intercession for us. Tell me how that Jesus comes to live inside of you and nothing changes. And Paul writes to these folks who are in a frenzy trying to produce a Christian life outside of Christ. We're living in a world that's trying to pull off the same feat that never happened and never will. You can't get a sinner man to live like a sinless man because it's just not in his DNA. The only way to get a sinner man to live like a righteous man is to put a righteous man inside of him. For those of us that are saved, as we gather here earlier than maybe you're normally accustomed to awakening and as you sit in the church and as we come in here and it was much darker earlier and as we watch as, as the sun has risen today, we celebrate not just a sun rising in the east, but we celebrate a sun that rose from the dead. But he's come to live inside of us. And Colossians chapter 2 highlights that, listen, when Christ came to live inside of us, what happened? He came to live inside of us. We died with him, and we were buried with him, and we were raised with him. That Savior that rose again from the dead came to live in Christ in you, Colossians says, the hope of glory. If in this life we have only life to live, we're almost miserable. But thank God we got hope after this life because there's a resurrected Savior that lives inside of us, and the eternality of Jesus has now come inside of us, and eternal is eternal as he is, you and I are, because he lives, we can face tomorrow. That same power that got him out the grave is available, attainable, accessible, and active inside of us. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to live like the devil. I don't have to live in sin. I don't have to live a fatal life. I don't have to live a life of lack of victory. I don't have to live a life that indicates a life of carnality and sin. Christ lives in me, and Christ can live through me. This morning, we are risen with Christ. Let me say it again. We are risen with Christ. 
And I want to challenge the people of God to live the resurrected life. The detriment on planet earth is that people are naming the name of Jesus Christ and they're living a dead, lethargic, inactive, incapable, insufficient life that cannot experience victory. You can't, listen, you can't come in here looking all nice this morning, celebrate the resurrection of Christ and living a carnal life. It just doesn't jive. Christ is in us. And so Paul picks up his pen in chapter number three. After highlighting in chapter number two, buried with him in baptism, verse number 12, chapter number two, being dead in your sins, verse number 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. This is all that happened on the cross, dying with Christ, being buried with Christ, now being raised with Christ. And he begins chapter number three and verse number one saying, if, and that word if in the Greek literally means since. Ladies and gentlemen, let's begin Easter morning with this premise. Not if we've been risen with Christ, but since we've been risen with Christ. Listen, if you're saved today, you don't have to understand every doctrine in the Bible, but you've got to understand something. You were born a sinner, separated from God, headed to a devil's hell. And when Jesus reached out on your soul and saved you, he didn't just save you from the outside. He came to live inside of you. And when he came to live inside of you, you got up with him. So today I want to just give you three practical principles of what risen with Christ should mean not in heaven on earth you don't listen listen you don't need resurrection power when you get to heaven you have a glorified body you need resurrection power now because you got a carnal flesh three quick principles today since you've been risen with Christ number one mind the spiritual Say with me, mind the spirit. Listen, listen, since you've been risen with Christ, get your mind right. Somebody help me preach this morning. I said, get your mind right. Verse number one, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek, seek, seek. That word's continually seek, continually seek. Seek those things which are above. Verse number two, set your affections. Listen, that's an intense pursuit. That's an intentional placement. To set means to put my mind on. I hear Christians all the time say, my mind keeps wandering. My mind keeps going all over the place. My mind keeps thinking stuff I shouldn't think. My mind keeps playing tricks on me. Listen, it can't play a trick on you if you decide to tell it the truth. Preacher, I can't get my mind right. Pastor, I can't get my mind right. I can't get my mind to focus. Listen, resurrection power in you. Jesus lives inside of you. Employ resurrection power. If that power can take that knocked out man, brutalized and belittled and get him out of the grave, you mean to tell me it can't keep your crazy mind straight? Mind the spiritual. Number two, mortify the sinful The word mortify literally means to put to death. I said put to death. Look at verse number five with you. With me, verse number five. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Listen, he said all that junk that's running around crazy on planet earth that the world says is okay to do, put it to death. I'll not look at all these in detail, but let me just list them for you so you can think about them. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is I. He said all of those sexual and sensual sins that the world popularizes and, and that becomes trendy, that becomes okay, and that becomes something you can't control. Listen to me. You're not trying to stop it with your self-will. You're not finding the champion inside of you. You're not going to a class to learn how to say no to sin. You got Jesus living inside of you. Take the power and kill it. Kill it. Don't 
celebrate Easter with candy. Don't celebrate Easter with outfits. Don't celebrate Easter with restaurants and then live after Easter in the same sin you were committing before Easter. Put it to death. Put it to death. It's a personal responsibility. It's a past remembrance. It's a present reality. What's the present reality? He says, our life is hid with Christ. Verse number seven, in times ye walked and lived in them. Listen to me. This is past tense. Listen, you used to not be able to say no to that stuff. You used to not. Listen, 12 step wouldn't do it. AA wouldn't do it. Jail wouldn't do it. Rehabilitation wouldn't do it. Counseling wouldn't do it. Getting the right kind of friends wouldn't do it. Turning over a new leaf wouldn't do it. But you met somebody who's different than any other body. And when he came to live inside of you, his power comes with him. And in that power, you're able to kill sin. He says, but now ye also. And by the way, don't just put off the sensual sins and the sexual sins, but put off those social sins too. Anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy and filthy communication. Listen, when Jesus comes and lives inside of you, he won't just keep you right sexually. He'll keep you right socially. You don't have to get mad at people and tell people off and have grudges and be unforgiving and avoid people because you can't get right with them. He comes to live inside of you and he doesn't come to live inside of you to kill the sin. He comes to live inside of you to give you the power to kill it yourself. Somebody in the building said, I'm going to do right soon as Jesus gets that sin out of my life. No, you're going to do right soon as you get it out. Jesus came in. You use him, you get it out. Mind the spiritual, mortify the simple, and I'm finished. Number three, mirror the Savior. It's a progression, isn't it? <laughs> Please listen. You ain't going to ever kill sin until you start thinking right. Listen, please. You'll never win the battle on your body until you win the battle on your mind. You got to get your mind right. Listen, the resurrected Christians got to learn how to think right. Set my face. Listen, listen, I'm just, I don't just, I just don't love Jesus like I should. Well, do it then. Just love him. Set, get up in the morning. Get up in the morning. Best thing y'all do in the morning, get in your Bible. Get on your knees and say, God, I want to have this day. Before the devil comes putting stuff in my mind that I don't need to have there. Before the flesh comes. Listen to me. You can't check in a hotel that has no vacancies. Somebody's got to put the sign up to the devil today. I don't have any room for that nonsense. I don't have any room for that foolishness. I don't have any room for those wicked thoughts. I'm full of Jesus. I filled up my mind with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I, I woke up worshiping him. I, I've awakened putting my mind on him and on heaven and on the things of God and my sanctification, my justification, my glorification, purity and honesty and justice and, and love and mercy and grace. And, all of, and heaven is my home and the streets of gold and the gates of pearl. Devil, get out my face. I don't have time for you. I've set my affections on the, I don't love you because I've used my love upon Jesus. And now I can mortify the sinful. I'm, I'm so full of God. When that nonsense comes in my path, I, I blow it up. I, I, I run it over. I, I knock it down. I, I will not do it. I will not go there. I will not say it. I will not act like that. Why? Because I am risen with Christ. I'm minding the spiritual. I'm mortifying the simple, sinful. And I'm mirroring my Savior. When they look at me, they see him. The essence of his existence. Put on the new man. Verse 10, please. Which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. He's talking about your new man. 
Hey, listen, guess, guess where you got your new man from? You got your new man from Jesus. Amen. And guess what? He's, here, here, here's what Paul is saying. The new man you got when you got saved is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created. In other words, the new man you got when you got saved is the same man Jesus is. So stop telling people you got something than, different than Jesus. When you get saved, you get Jesus. So act like what you got. And here's verse number 11. The essence of his existence and the elimination of excuses. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free. Here's what he says. Any person is capable because the able power is Christ. Let me say it again. Any person is Hey, 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 listen. In a world where there's so many separations, so many characterizations, so many identifications, Everybody's identifying as this and that. You, you, you fill out an application. Are you black? Are you white? Are you not Hispanic? Are you other? Hey, here's what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3. When it comes to living like Jesus, if he comes living inside of you, I don't care if you're Greek or Scythian. I don't care if you're circumcision. Or listen, the Jews were circumcision. The Gentiles were uncircumcision. The barbarians, the Scythians. Listen, whether you come from a wild group, a peaceful group, whether you're bond or free, watch this now, whether you locked up or whether you free, he said, listen to me, what you need to be like Christ, watch this now, he is all and he's in all. And here we are today, another Easter. It did come and go, just like it always does. And in just a few moments, seemingly, business as usual. Back to our jobs, our schools, our schedules. If it's just a historical event that happened. But if it's a reality that exists, the resurrection of Christ is not a holiday we celebrate. No, it's not. The resurrection of Christ is reality we demonstrate Christ in you. If he's in us this morning, mind the spiritual, mortify the sinful, and mirror the Savior. He rose over 2,000 years ago. But guess what? When you guys say, you did too. Our Father, we love you, we bless you. And oh, how we magnify you. Thank you for Jesus. We have been risen with Christ. And I pray, God, that you help us as we gather today. That, Lord, you would draw us closer and closer to you and that we'll continue living the resurrected life. Heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. How many say, Pastor, I want my life to reflect the resurrection. And I want that resurrection power living through me.
all over the building. If that's you, would you put your hand up? God bless you. And God bless you. Yeah. I can't do it. No, you, you sure can't. But Jesus can. Yes, he can. I may God help us in working this. Father, thank you for your word. Continue to draw us closer to you. And may we ever, ever demonstrate resurrection power. In Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. Let's give God the praise today.